Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest, George Boboris, head of research at K2 Asset Management. George, I do want to ask you about the Japan intervention, but let's save that for a moment. Uh, we, we did actually get the Fed pivot. It's just not the one that people were hoping for. This was a, a hawkish pivot. And in your mind, uh, is this the type of thing that changes everything or is it still the data that is key? Yeah, good question. Good morning. Um, it's still data dependent with more hawkish overtone. And you are right. It's the pivot that risk assets weren't uh, anticipating to that degree. And you can amplify it a little bit and say it's the inversion of Mario Draghi. And that is whatever it takes but to create d- slack in the economy and uh, demand destruction. So it's it's. It's got the conviction of Mario Draghi, but again, inverted. Uh, again, tongue in, tongue in cheek, of course. But there's nothing different from the 75 basis points was a lock from six weeks ago or seven weeks ago with their payrolls. And, um, and I think people understood that we're now finally in that, you know, that three and a quarter upper band restrictive territory. It's just that it's that outlook of where it peaks. But I think it's reasonable to say from... Uh, inflation is that uh, the jawboning will persist. Uh, it will, you know, they'll target that four and a half, four seventy-five. Anything lower with good data going forward is a rally for risk assets, and anything higher is that continues this um, this weakness to risk assets right across the capital structure. George, but give me a sense here of how much pain for the economy the Fed can tolerate as they try and lay siege to the uh, the, the, the ogre of inflation. Yes, well, they're making it very clear. And to be fair to the Fed, uh, they've been the clearest communicator for central banks uh, pretty much all year since their pivot of late last year or November. Um, and their conviction is when you're looking at their rate hike cycle, it's much quicker, of course, than the 1994 unforgiving bond year. And it's already much quicker than the 1983 Volcker period, even though Volcker started with a bang and then plateaued out. So th- this is obviously suggestive, uh, again, of a very strong economy before the Fed started this aggressive rate rise and before QT started, which is yeah. going to have its impact as well. So there's, there's many moving parts, but um, it, it's so difficult to avoid uh, a, a recession from this point. It's possible, but highly improbable. Many yeah. moving parts. Credit conditions are good still. Impairments are low. Labor but it makes it point to. 
But it makes it very difficult for risk assets, and that's one of the thrusts of this program. And and actually, George, in addition to the macro uh, with the turbulent currencies and the soaring bond yields, now you're probably going to get big earnings revisions lower uh, to provide yet another leg down. Uh, so this is a tough period no matter how you slice it. Spot on. And, um, and those EPS downgrades will probably, in essence, uh, match where the index is at the moment. So obviously the numerator's looking forward with optimism or not to a pessimism, but it will be matched by the downgrades, of course, on the denominator. George, I mean, we've got 10-year yields at 3.71%, two years at uh, over 4%. Now, of course, uh, this uh, one part of my question is, what are they pricing in? And number two, are they now representing a buying opportunity? Um, they, are, they are representing a buying opportunity. I think extending duration uh, would be the, the theme that we're taking on board. We've been very short duration all year, like 0.5 year Macaulay. So we, we're looking at substantial increases of duration towards that three, three and a half where the index is. So it presents value for the first time in a long while. Um, the inversion is disturbing and uh, and it's very good at being predictive, notwithstanding that it didn't, it, it, uh, it, it flattened while well, everything's high right across the curve last night. But uh, it's an indicative of uh, the inflation risks, but we believe they'll get on top of the inflation risks. Again, second order condition, the US dollar strength all year is doing some of the Fed policy for it. It's just not coming through in the data as yet. Uh, and that's, that, that needs to be noted. So we believe particularly 375.4 is where you really want to be extending the duration, senior unsecured quality, et cetera. Uh, and in the high yield, keep it short, keep it that two, three year uh, duration because of obviously the credit risk from the bottom-up yeah. component of uh, that part if of the curve. If you're trying to get capital appreciation, I mean, if, for the bond market to be all in on recession, you, you'd probably more likely expect an 18 basis point drop in in yields on the 10-year. Spot on. Uh, so, so, so where is the crossover line where the action switches and people start buying bonds because they fear recession? Yeah, it, the, the crossover is looked at every day. Uh, we, obviously, every day, future conditions are changing and expectations. And that crossover, it's very difficult to call the you know the timing of it. But you'd have to say within the next six months, we're going to get that clarity of, is Fed funds rate really going to get to 4 475 or 5? If it does get to any of those levels, it will stay notably higher. And the days of sub-2% are well gone behind us, regardless of the recession going forward. But the crossover is sometime in the next six months, extending that duration. Again, we've got to see weakness in the data in the labour market in wage. We've got to see weakness uh, in credit growth across North America. And we've got to see saving drawdown a little bit more, which creates, removes that cushion. So that demand destruction, unfortunately, is more painful for the economy in aggregate. So all those moving parts, looking at extending that. But um, but you are right, last night's move is not not conducive to them point, point towards a slowdown or hard recession immediately. But um, but every, the jawboning and the direction of the uh, swap and implied futures are all indicative of more chance of a hard landing than not. Uh, and let's just keep looking at the data. It's all macro, look at the data and leading indicators. Is it almost impossible to make the bull case here for risk assets? Oh, yeah. Don't make that bull case at the moment. Um, just get comfortable being uncomfortable and look at the data month to month, bottom up, and let the CTAs have their year of their one in seven year glory year. They've done very well. This is why you have it in a portfolio uh, from an SAA benchmark. But yes, it, the bull case, no one's going to listen to you. Maintain your, maintain your, uh, your, your risk budget allocation. 
the wholesale mandates we had, we have to be 100% long with retail. We spent some of that cash from the June correction. So we've got a little bit of cash in there, but no one's going to make the case, again, high yield or all the way down to convertible notes, cocoa bonds, whatever it may be, all the way to equity at the bottom of the capital structure. No one's going to listen at the moment, but maintain uh, your, your commitment, you know, you know, focus on, you know, whatever part of the capital structure. Are there going to be impairment increases? Yes. How much would it affect my portfolio on the bottom up? And you're looking at dividends, there are cushion, et cetera. But again, reinforcing a point, it's macro, data dependent. And I always tell the team, get comfortable being uncomfortable and just persevere. George, uh, many people have said that the whole sort of asset allocation, because you just mentioned allocation of uh, 60 40, is essentially dead. But uh, I put it to you that it's uh, still alive if you go 60 in bonds and 40 in equities. Yes, and that switch is a very good way to get people's attention. And that's the extension of duration narrative that should fit into that. But, uh, but the 60 40 inverted. Uh, but at the end of the day, most pension funds on the planet do have a very good allocation of risk assets. And outside of uh, the, the bond and the, and the equities, they do have really good hedge funds, diversification, property, infrastructure, commodity, CTA. It's all in there. So that's what you've got to do. Diversify, low R squares across the portfolio. George, thank you so much for joining us. George Baburis there from K2 Asset Management. His investment advice is get comfortable being uncomfortable. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.